What's good, everybody? My name is Brandon McCollum, also known as BMXC, and this is Nice Minds. I'm joined by a very special guest today, my friend. It's Morrison Machiavelli, right? Yeah, Morrison Machiavelli, correct. Word, word. How'd you get that name? I used to look up to Jim Morrison a lot as a youth, and uh, that followed me down a road of looking into different theologies and different um, historical figures. Nikolai Machiavelli was a big impact on me in my youth. Um, so picked it up from there. Oh, okay, word, word. And yeah, so you're a MC from the Twin Cities originally, but you're based out in LA now. So uh, how'd you get your start in music and like what brought you out to LA? So I started my hip hop journey in Japan back in 2012, 2010 with like performing, things like that, just really getting into it and uh, gained my foundation from there. Um, following up from that experience, I uh, came back to the Twin Cities after a couple years in Japan and gained a foundation with uh, Zulu Nation at the time and working with Knock, um, working with Save the Kids, different organizations like that, just doing some light volunteer stuff. Became involved with the hip hop community. Um, later became involved with uh, founding the Universal Movement for the Advancement of Hip Hop, some different things like that. A lot of culturally uh, rooted things within the Twin Cities. And then I came out here at the point where I felt like I needed to focus more on my career as an artist. And uh, I wanted to give that more of an opportunity to flourish. And I figured LA would be the perfect place for me to do that. That's what's up. So, uh, yeah, so you, you said you got involved with the Zulu Nation. That's crazy. Um, and I know that... The, you're part of the Zulu Union now, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, so I mean, talk about that a little bit. Um, so I know that that that's like a a new chapter, right? Because of like all the things with Africa Bambata, I'm assuming. Is, is that like why that broke off into into a separate thing? <laughs> yes. So we are um, we are a completely separate entity from Zulu Nation. We are a collection of chapters that splintered from Zulu Nation. Um, mainly following the the allegations which we believe to be true. With that, we wanted to continue the work that we were doing. And in the Twin Cities, we disbanded the chapter immediately um, following that because we felt the voices made by the Zulu Nation Universal Council did not represent us. That's when we created the Universal Movement for the Advancement of Hip Hop, UMA. When I came here in 2017, I had a couple different Zulu members reach out to me from Mecca, from New York, from the hip hop Mecca, and ask me if I would be interested in joining Zulu Union. So I came out, as I was already out here, I came down to Long Beach and connected with the Kalafia chapter down there, the LA Long Beach chapter, OC chapter. And uh, it's been history since. That's dope. That's super dope. Yeah, I, when I when I saw that you were part of the Zulu Union, I I kind of read up on it because I'm like, oh yeah, like there there's that stuff with Africa Mabata and like kind of read up on the how it split off. So that that's really dope. That's really dope that you got involved with that. Certainly, one thing it taught me with with everything, but primarily with hip hop, I was in a weird place where the only people who I could really look towards in any sort of way um, as an idol or as somebody who would be like a mentor, would be different artists and different pillars of hip hop. Africa Bambada being one of the main ones um, that, I, that you could look at and look at all the change and the things that he's done. People like him, KRS-One. Yep. And uh, when all of this came to light, it really showed me that I can't invest myself personally in making um, heroes out of these people. So now I really focus more on the action I'm back to looking at the deeds of people, you know, and looking at what people do, looking at the work 
over the characters behind the work. And I think that's a beautiful thing. I'm glad to be there and I'm glad to be at this point. I feel like it's it's a more wise position for me. Absolutely. That's dope. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I also saw that you help kids um, and uh, work with youth. And I saw that you also work with like rehabilitated prisoners. Yeah, so um, I work with youth who are incarcerated primarily okay. or quote-unquote at-risk youth, um, justice-involved youth, um, basically just kids in Los Angeles. It's not always fitting within that parameter. We work with any youth that we can to be able to provide um, mentorship and services with audio engineering, production, uh, songwriting, different skills that we can provide, different skills that we can teach the youth um, how to perform. So I work with an organization called Jail Guitar Doors, and I was linked to JGD through um, a fellow Zulu Union member. Shout out to my homie Gabe. In the Twin Cities, I was working in the Hennepin County Juvenile Detention Center, um, volunteering there for almost four years um, with my homie Reyes, peace, uh, DJ Francisco, King Red, uh, Zulu King Reyes, and uh, and some really close people back then. Um, Lizaya Harper was in there with me. Uh, Mike Dreams was in there for a while with me as well. Um, so I became the leader of that program for over, for a long time, just volunteering. So being able to come out here and offer some of that experience, it's it's an incredible opportunity, and I'm doing everything I can to be able to give back. So that's where we're at now, um, developing the community arts program outreach capo with Jail Guitar Doors. Next week we're getting the uh, the equipment in there. We're actually just getting the lumber into the studio this week, so we can start to build our own studio. For the last year and a half, I've been leading the uh, the Capo program as far as being the program coordinator, working directly with the youth. I'm working with about 30 kids right now, um, and over the last two years, I've worked with over 300 kids. So it's been an honor and a privilege to be able to connect with so many amazing artists. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I did a, a summer program uh, on the summer of 2019 uh, where I thought I was basically just going to be helping kids learn sound and learn how to podcast and stuff like that. But a couple of them actually were were dope musicians. And I, I got to work with this girl really closely and helped her with a whole like create a whole song and do all that stuff. So that was a great experience for me. And I would love to get into more stuff like that. I think that's super cool. So wh- what is your process with these kids? What do you teach them like the fundamentals of recording, like writing songs? What all do you do with them? So it really depends where they're at. The process that I work with is building relationships first, um, building that trust um, and just being able to offer whatever they're looking for. Some kids want to rap and they don't want to learn engineering. Some kids want to learn production. They don't want to rap. Some kids just want to engineer. They want to help and support their their friends. Um, I have some some cats I just connect with who want to be involved in the music industry in other ways. They want to be managers or they're trying to find where they may fit. They really like this entertainment stuff, but they don't know where their lane is. We have a lot of opportunity to be able to splinter off into different directions and offer uh, a plethora of different experiences and different skills. Sometimes we have youth in the studio and we just end up talking, you know, the whole time because they may have a session and they're just not feeling it that day. You know, a lot happens in life. So being able to create that safe space, um, it's very important. Let me just say, the reason why I felt akin to hip hop when I started is because I never really felt I belonged anywhere. So I had to find a place of belonging and hip hop gave me that. Hip hop gave me my safe space as a youth and it gave me a place where I could get away. Um, You know, being a white kid in the trailer park um, just outside of the Twin Cities, it's like I didn't, I didn't see, I was, I didn't feel like him with a lot of the kids in my neighborhood. Um, there were moments, but at the end of the day, all I really had was myself. Yep. So, 
as an artist and as a member of the community, I want to be able to to continue to bridge those different gaps for other people. So hip hop has done that for me. I hope music can do that for more people. I hope art can do that for more people. And I hope the music that I make brings people together. You know, I try to make fun music. I try to make music um, that is sometimes socially conscious. Sometimes it's just don't give a fuck. And, you know, be able to provide that spectrum because at the end of the day, we're humans, we're flawed, and we need to be ourselves. And I don't feel like we should compromise ourselves artistically to fit in these molds that other people believe we need to. So fuck all that. I'm just going to be real. Um, and that's what it comes down to. So, yep. so yeah, be yourself. And and your your community's there, man. It, you know, that's, that's something I want to emphasize to the people listening and the people watching, especially the young people. Your community is there. And most people around you, even if they don't look like it, they feel just like you. It's so real. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, you talking about that is like, you know, connecting with hip hop at such a young age. I didn't really think about how much hip hop got me through the tough times until like I really like thought about that. Because, you know, I came from Cali. Um, you know, I, I wasn't from a, a well-off area in, in Cali, you know, lots of gang violence in, in the area that I'm from. And, you know, we, we moved to Minnesota for a better life, essentially. And I, I was drawn to hip hop at a very young age. I mean, three years old in 1988, I can remember jamming out to like Tone Loke, Wild Thing and like Bobby yeah. Brown and, um, you know, people like that. Nina Cherry. And like I, those are like first memories that I have. And then as I kind of got older, like, you know, when, when I was like seven, you know, Dr. Dre dropped and Snoop Dogg. And like, I gravitated towards that right away, you know, when I was seven years old and I brought that with me to Minnesota. And that was like yep. what I had, you know, and then I didn't really think about this until now, just how much like when I moved to Minnesota, I was different than all the kids. Like, I mean, I moved yeah. to like suburb Plymouth, uh, like rich area. Um, and, you know, I was immediately looked at as like an outcast, like as like different, like, and I, I didn't quite blend in, but I always had hip hop to go back to, you know, and yeah. that, that was like when I, when I didn't have any friends to go to, I would put on Tupac, you know, I would put on, um, Snoop, I would put on, you know, Dre, Biggie. Those were like the records I would put on when I didn't felt un understood. The idea that we were different or that we were outcasts. It was, I think it was more here, you know what I mean? Or that, right. that we didn't fit in, stuff like that. At least for me, I will say, like, I had this idea that I was an outcast because everybody, like, I went to Dayton Elementary, right? And everybody was like rich country kids. And I was in the trailer park on the outskirts. Like, we were like some of the only kids who came out of like poverty, really, in, in, the, in those schools, or it felt like it. So it was like, you know, there was a different, there was, there was, it was a very different vibe, but, when I think about it a lot more, you know, it's more here. We really weren't that different. And by high school, I figured a lot of that out. Um, right. I kind of crafted my own way. But still, it was like, it was, it was different. Nobody could have told me that. Um, but, but I wish I could have realized that earlier on. Um, realizing that now is cool. But I wish I would have realized that back then. I could have done a lot more. Yep. Uh, I noticed you also, uh, did you start the label uh, Prosaic Minds? Is that what it is? Yes, correct. So Prosaic Minds is a collaborative collective of independent artists. Right now it is myself, Dr. L Beats, and Iceman904. Uh, recently, Dr. L moved out here. So Dr. L and I have been working diligently with the sound and defining Morrison Machiavelli because, um, and I, I don't like to talk in, talk in third person like this, but Morrison Machiavelli is 
it's a new form for me in many ways. I mean, I've only been rapping under under as Morrison for a couple of years now. I was previously known as Excel. So oh, okay, I I heard you about you from your old rap name. Okay, yeah, That's what's most up. definitely. Okay, so in the Twin Cities, I was known as Excel. Okay, and uh, and I most people in the Twin Cities still know me as that when I come back. I used to be Excel because that was an underground persona. You know, that was I mean, it's still very much a part of who I am. However, I came to a point where I wanted to take a more commercial approach. Um, and I'm not saying that I necessarily changed my artistic development or anything like that. I still stay true to the foundation of the music that I want to make. Um, I'm not shying away from that. But I decided that I wanted to push full blast and you know try to make a living out of music. Um, and I'm glad that I'm I'm getting to that point now where I am making that cash flow. I am making that income, that positive cash flow. So Dr. L and I have been working to figure out what that sound is and really be able to craft the next stages. And 2021 is a huge year. 2020 was a huge year for us because we put out like four albums. No, three albums in 2020. And uh, various singles, music videos, all that. And we've we've really established a powerhouse in-house. And I'm glad that I have such a powerful team to be able to help with that. Um, Iceman's edited a lot of the videos as well, Code 13 video, um, as well as the uh, Goat Yard video. The, the last couple of videos have been really high quality and uh, looking forward to what we're doing next year. I mean, we're focusing on the music first, so we haven't put as much emphasis into the videos, but definitely take visuals very seriously. And we're excited to push it to the next level and really bring some cinematic experiences. So yeah, you were telling me on the phone and uh, we talked about it a little bit. Uh, you started Casablanca Connect. Correct. Yeah. So within being able to balance my career as an artist, as a hip hop artist, and be able to do that effectively, as well as mentoring the youth um, and just different things that I do uh, within Zulu Union or other organizations or just partnering with friends and being able to support their dreams, I needed a way to be able to uh, to balance everything. And I found that I wanted to commit to so many things and I wanted to be able to spread myself out so far, but I would always spread myself so thin. So I found an administrative assistant. I went through the process of figuring out how to do so. Um, and I didn't have the, the template for this at all. So I had to figure out what that meant. You know, where do I find an administrative assistant or a virtual assistant? Um, how am I able to make this something that is affordable for me, that is effective? How can I find somebody who I can train how to be an extension of myself in many regards? Um, so I ended up outsourcing in the Philippines and finding professionals I could contract there. And I say professionals because I now have uh, two virtual assistants working with my company and with me um, just directly under my supervision. Um, but Casablanca Connect came when people were asking me about my virtual assistant and were asking me how I was able to get so much done and still be able to live the lifestyle that I live. Because, uh, I mean, I live, I live life. I'm not out here working 24-7. I mean, I work hard. And uh, a lot of people tell me that, I, that I'm working all the time. But for me, I sit back and I'm like, man, I could be working so much more. I, I mean, I don't even work 40 hours a week. Um, not even close. But, uh, but I mean, my life is my work and my work is my life. It's a beautiful thing. Um, so what Casablanca Connect is, just to fill in the blanks, it's a virtual assistance agency. So we help pair creative professionals and uh, all sorts of people with 
virtual assistants that are catered to their specific needs. Um, we basically take surveys from our partners. We call our clients partners because they really are partners within um, our functionality. And then we find creative content specialists. That's what we call our virtual assistants. And uh, we basically line up the skills. Uh, what do you need? What do you have? And we look at different candidates. And then we set up interviews and screen. we pre-screen the candidates. Um, get the right creative content specialists hooked up with our partners, and we work with them to make sure that everything is working in the way it should. And uh, it's worked really well. We've got a couple of very proficient clients right now, and we're really just in our beginning phases. We haven't completely publicly launched. We're actually just starting to get our social media together. So I'm looking forward to that. I mean, I really started this for myself. I didn't start this with the idea of creating a company or creating creating a corporation, anything like that. Um, but I saw the need, and uh, and many people had asked me about it. The pandemic hit, and that created a whole different dynamic. A lot of people are in a deficit for money, but uh, a lot of the people who have been who we've been able to help, a lot of our partners, um, they've been able to do more than they've ever done and take advantage of this pandemic. So I mean, it's a great thing. I mean, I'm flourishing um, excellently outside of Casablanca Connect, because we're just trying to make Casablanca Connect better for our partners right now. We're reinvesting in the company. We're reinvesting in our infrastructure, um, setting up the foundation to be able to create software to support our clients and everything like that. Okay. Say for somebody like me, I'm a, you know, I'm a sound designer. I make uh, sample packs. I, I also do podcasting. I also edit podcasts for other people. What could a virtual assistant do for me in my day-to-day life? So that's a great question. So a virtual assistant could edit your podcast for you. They could upload your podcast. They could transcribe your podcast into blogs. So you have it in text form as well, be able to upload it to different places. Um, They could be able to outsource your podcast to different sources. They can run your social media and be able to connect with different platforms, influencers, people like that, and uh, consolidate your mailing list, clean up your contacts, uh, be able to consistently communicate with people on those different platforms effectively. They can manage your bookkeeping. Um, depending on what other ventures you have, if you set up travel or do anything like that, I know a lot of executives um, have a lot of other things going on. Obviously, they can't pick up your your laundry and bring it to the cleaners right. and things like that. But that's that's a that's a trade you get for the value. I mean, our services um, we're we're running a deal right now to be able to start our services around five dollars an hour. But I mean, regularly the rate is seven dollars an hour. So for most people, that's that's achievable. And if you're only doing like ten hours a week. Um, you know, that's, that's manageable for most people. I feel like I didn't realize how much a virtual assistant could do for me until I had a virtual assistant. Um, just a lot of small, um, somewhat remedial things that I do on the day-to-day, um, invoicing, creating mailing letters, um, creating artwork, being able to crop artwork and make it fit on different platforms and make it visually appealing. Um, Like I said, video editing, creating advertisements and videos, different things like that. For example, right now, what I'm looking at is configuring proxies and being able to have them edit in in proxy, edit in like 540 or 720, and then be able to open up a a project in Final Cut or a project in Audition or um, Premiere. Um, be able to open those proxy files and then reference the 4K files so we can have, you know, have them edit 4K as well. Um, so, I mean, these are all things that we can take advantage of and uh, be able to make more effective our time so we can either 
push what we're doing further or be able to spend more time with our families, be able to spend more time with our loved ones and enjoy life. That's sick. That's a great idea, man. I mean, I've heard of virtual assistants, but really you were the first one to really like make me start thinking about it. And then I've been seeing it everywhere. Like I've been kind of like hearing about it, you know, on like TikTok and different things like that. For sure. Um, so that's, that's a crazy dope concept, especially for people like us. And, and our company really is created to cater to um, creatives. Obviously, just within the nature of my profession and my experience, I bring a lot of that to the table. And that's one of the things that we are pushing to provide services to musicians and to people in the music industry and entertainment industries. Because for many people in my position as an independent artist, this didn't seem accessible. But it's so vital once you get to the position where you have some cash flow or where you're pushing to step up to that next level and get cash flow in your music career and you want to invest effectively. I remember so many times I had some money and I was like, where do I put my money? How am I going to invest in my career effectively? Am I going to give it to this person to try to get me on playlists? And am I going to do this? Am I going to do that? And I think I was often throwing my money at things that really did not benefit my career. Things like Facebook ads and this and that. And yes, those things can be good. They can be effective if you know how to utilize funnels and different things like that. I mean, those are all great things to, to be able to take advantage of. But if you're doing them effectively, it's normally very time consuming. And that's, that's where we, we sort of draw our, uh, where we draw the line because most artists are also working jobs, you know, and they may be working full-time or part-time jobs. Many artists have families. So, I mean, as I explained earlier, that's where I found myself. Not with, the, not with the family aspect, but just I'm out here trying to get it. And I didn't see myself being able to do that solo anymore. So how am I going to be able to do this effectively? Well, I just need to duplicate myself in some way. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, that's fantastic, man. Usually at this point, I... In the podcast, I ask about what kind of setbacks people have gone through in 2020, but sounds like you didn't really have many setbacks, man. It sounds like you've just been flourishing. Yeah. I mean, my income was cut in half. Um, however, I, I'm doing pretty well at this point. You know, life in California is expensive. Right. So, so, I mean, it, it somewhat impacted me, but I'm not going to complain because I know what a lot of people have gone through. And for me, it was, it was really a walk in the park. Um, especially from where I came from. When I came out in Cali, I was living in my vehicle. Um, so so I started on the ground out here and uh, I really worked my way up. I got my own place. Um, I'm constantly traveling, constantly moving around and uh, I'm doing well. You know what I mean? Um, I'm still pushing really hard to get to that next level, but I'm doing well. So I'm grateful. And uh, I mean, 2020 taught me a lot, but I moved forward a lot more than... Uh, many people who were disenfranchised by the by the inevitable that's what's up yeah i'm kind of in the same boat i mean i i did made a lot of changes and when you know when the pandemic first hit but it also allowed me to go after all these different ideas that i've just been sitting on that i didn't have time to get around to you know like the sample pack stuff like this podcast yep. and stuff that i just wouldn't wouldn't have done before and i i was running nice entertainment as a label um, but I decided to go forward with it as my personal brand so I could focus on all my individual solo ideas that I've had for years. So yeah. it's definitely been a, been a blessing for me as well. I can't, I can't complain. I mean, especially the last half of 2020, I just kind of found my ground and really started running with it. And we, we came out with between now and August, we've come out with 27 free sample packs for producers. Ooh. Um, 
So we're we're looking to do maybe maybe like 10 to 13 more possibly for free and then we're going to start charging after that and we're going to start, you know, building but for yeah. for getting like our name out there, the free stuff has just been been crazy dope. Like and to just see the the community the community that we've been building um on Instagram and like on Facebook and stuff, it, it's just been super dope. So I'm I'm trying to build that and then already, you know, I I launched this podcast in early January, January 1st. And already, I mean, I'm seeing like my views, uh, rise and that. And so I'm just, I'm looking at 2021 as just a way to level up and yeah. you know, just keep progressing with what I do as well. For so sure. That's super dope, man. I feel that I'm excited to see how it all comes forward because just Thanks, watching man. your growth in the last, in the last year has been incredible. I've been following you for a while as well. So it's exciting to see because I feel like you, you're one of the people who really represents um, well in the Twin Cities. Um, and there's, there's a small handful of people who do that. Um, so I'm grateful to see you get to those next levels. And I'm excited to see what comes forward with that. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Likewise, man. I mean, it sounds like you're out there really killing it. So what does like this week look like for you? Like, what are you, what are you focusing on right now? Like, what, is your, what are your main priorities? Whew. So right now this week, so I'm recording some stuff and uh also preparing i have a i have a single dropping on february 19th it's it's uh, my birthday so we're gonna be dropping um a joint called 100 very excited for that one yeah just prepping for that recording new music uh a lot of stuff what about yourself what's up what's on the agenda for, for you this week oh man i'm i'm just cranking out these podcasts man i mean i kind of I was really ambitious with it starting out and I didn't I didn't really think about the whole like process of it. I was just kind of like go go go. I'm like I know how to do podcasts. I've edited for other people. So I scheduled like 20 of them and I was like, yeah. "Oh damn, I got some work to do." So I'm just I'm just looking to to stay consistent cuz in the past um you know, I've 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 had all these things that I've been working on, but I feel like I've never been super consistent with any, you know, set of things. Yeah, so this this is the first that. the first time that I I have stuff where it's a very clear goals because mm. like when I when I was running Nice Entertainment I was working with all these different artists and you know that we had different goals but it was it was too staggered for me it wasn't like a clear cut like this is what I want to do this is where I want to be and now it's just it's super clear like and my yeah. my vision is like way more clear than it's ever been. Well, let's hope that it keeps on coming together like that for both of us because oh, yeah. I, a lot of what you're saying resonates with me. And I was telling you this when we were when we were speaking previously as well. It feels like I was uh, I was always trying to do all these different things and I couldn't figure out how to bring them all together. Yep. Um, and now, you know, everything that I do relates. Yep. Um, in some way, shape, or form, and I can see them all crossing over each other respectively. So with that. I'm excited to go to the next levels. I'm excited to do the next things and be able to keep pushing forward the way that the way that I am and the way that you are. It's a beautiful thing. Absolutely, man. Yeah, I mean, I, I want to look for more ways that we can connect on stuff, you know, that we can collaborate more because I love what you're doing, man. I love your hustle. I love, uh, you know, you're very clear spoken. You're very, you know, articulate in the way that you describe stuff. And there's not a lot of people like that, you know. There's not a lot of people that are just like straight to the point, straight shooters like that. And thank I, you. Thank I really you. appreciate that. I appreciate that from you as well. I definitely feel the uh, the the energy with that. So oh, yeah. most definitely, I'm down. I'm down to keep building and keep on pushing forward, especially with things like this. You know, um, I appreciate 
when we're able to put out art, and I don't even want to say content, just really, this is like art. You know, these right. conversations are very important, um, and and they're vital not only to uh, to the history within the Twin Cities scene, but just uh, for the generations after and Absolutely. our peers and everything to be able to continue to make these connections and keep flourishing and keep on pushing forward. A lot of people see see what we do um, as creatives as a competition. However, with as many people in the earth as we have and <laughs> with the amount of artists we have and creatives, you really look at it, this isn't a competition. Yep, you know, absolutely. we all have a place and we we all have people to fulfill. Yeah, if you're only looking in your neighborhood and on your block, it might seem like it's a competition to sell 10 right. records. But the world's a big place and we're more connected now than ever. This pandemic has brought us together more than it's torn us apart. I agree. As hard as that is to believe, you know, and when you look at the big picture. So I'm going to keep on looking at that and I'm going to keep on doing everything I can to help bring us together. So stuff like this, the art that you're creating with this show, it's very important to bring us all together. I absolutely agree. And that, that's the exact point of it, man. That's exactly why I, wanted to, why I wanted to do it. Because, I mean, people have been complaining, especially in the Twin Cities, about unity for years. I mean, I, ever since I can remember, man, I got in the hip-hop scene around here in 2004. And it's always been a thing like, um, like you know, people need to need more unity. People need to support more, this and that. And I feel like 2020 did that. Like I, I feel mm. like it, it did. It gave everybody a chance to slow down and kind of just take a look around and see who's out there. And and I made connections with people that like I feel like if if I would have still been go 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 in the studio and um booking shows and stuff like that, I wouldn't have met some of the people that I met. I I met even though like I I met people all the time at you know shows and in the studio. I I just I feel like the connections that I've made during this time have been some of the best. When, when you have something real and you, and you stand on principle and you're obviously professional and you, you come correct, um, we can achieve so much together in the Twin Cities. But a lot of it is just getting past the idea of like, we did it first or we did it our way or anything Absolutely. like that. Because I mean, that's a lot of what, what we had um, challenges with. And I mean... That's everybody. I'm not going to try to separate myself from that distinction. Everybody wanted to be the one to, to lead that. But at the end of the day, as, as we get older and we get more experience and we look at people who have been doing it for so long and do it so well, people like Muja Messiah, you know what I mean? Like Absolutely. People like Truth Maze, um, they, they do things a lot differently than, than others. And maybe that's why, you know, it a lot of the times cats move in silence. Um, I'm I'm grateful for, you know, just mentioning Muja. I'm grateful for seeing Muja get the get a lot of the attention that he deserves. Yeah, it's a long time coming, man. And he's, yeah. he's he deserves it, man. That dude has been steady grinding for years, bro. Consistently. Because yeah. uh when people ask me like my favorite rappers, Muja's top five. Oh yeah. And I don't mean top five local. I mean top five. Yeah, um, I don't blame you. Man. So yeah, so I mean, it's funny. It's it's really interesting because Minnesota doesn't get doesn't get that highlight. And at the end of the day, who cares? Um, right. Obviously, we're gonna keep on pushing for it, but we know what we've got. And the more we focus on that, like us knowing what we've got, and I'm not just talking about the artists. I'm talking about um, our community noticing yeah, what we have and being yep. able to realize it. The the further we'll move. The other thing, and this is going into the ramp, but this is something I feel that's very important to, to point out as we're going back into the place of having shows and things like that. 
One thing I found turned off a lot of people that I would bring to the Twin Cities to come to shows. Because, I mean, I would bring people from the suburbs. I'd bring people from different areas. They'd come out to shows. And then they have to go through a process to get there. You know, it's a journey. And then they got to find parking and stuff like that. Right. People don't want to be in a crowd of rappers. When when somebody's on the stage, first of all, when you load these bills with 20 rappers, you know, that's that's already problematic. Yeah, but when, when there's a rapper's on the stage and then there's four other rappers in the crowd talking to everybody in the audience about them being doper than the person on the stage, it starts to get kind of whack. We have to make room for for fans in the Twin Cities. Yep. And we wonder why we don't have supporters and fans. Um, you know, and a lot of people, there there are many artists who do. There's there's Macker of J Plaza, a lot of people like that who have really been able to tap into different pockets. But we have people in the surrounding suburbs, you yep. know, and we have people in the Twin Cities. So there are enough people for us to have fans in the Twin Cities. But I don't feel like we give an atmosphere that invites fans enough. And we don't give that space. So... I I would like to see that space develop. Obviously, I'm not there, so I don't want to be the guy screaming from the outside. But that was my experience when I was there. And just looking back, seeing a lot of things that I could have done differently and that I feel we can do differently moving forward, I feel that's very important to point out. Absolutely. And yeah, just you mentioning that kind of yeah, it made me think about, you know, because I, I got known for my shows. Like with Nice Entertainment, I, I kind of got the reputation of being the show guy for a while. Um but but that's one thing that I like I, when you were talking about that that was like one thing that I was very proud of that I was able to do was was kind of give an environment that was more based on the fans um, because yeah. you know, I I never allowed any more than five people on a bill um, six six max six max and um, I was always very on top of my game when it came to like paying artists if I could, you know, what, what they deserve. Um, you know, I would, I would tell people percentages beforehand, you know, what they were going to get. Um, exactly. and it wouldn't change. It wouldn't budge. I would give them that percentage. And I, I just, I think we need more promoters and people like that, you know, when shows come back. And, but I, I also hope that there's a space for it, you know, because yeah. like all these venues are shutting down. So it, it's, it's like, I hope when we do come back, I hope that spaces start new spaces start opening up and um you know new people that are that are all about treating the artists fairly and treating you know treating the fans like like they should be treated and uh, acting like we appreciate our fans you know the biggest thing is going to be creating that environment I you know I I always go back to that mm -hmm. and uh I hope I hope when I have the opportunity to perform in Minneapolis again uh, we will have adequate space for that because I love the Twin Cities. You know, Absolutely. I love I love home. Man, it, it's it's gonna be dope. I feel like I feel like stuff is gonna be really dope. People are gonna get creative and people are gonna be working together and um, conversations are being had. And um, yeah, man, I, I'm 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 hopeful. Yeah, I'm very hopeful as well. I'm excited, man. It's gonna oh, be yeah. a beautiful thing. Uh, once everything reopens, it's game time. So I oh, hope yeah. everybody's ready to work there because it's the same thing here. You know, I'm going to be working. The thing was, is like when pandemic hit, um, like I was going to link with uh, with Pledge uh, Records, you know, okay. with uh, yep. Prince Carlton and all yep. them down at uh, South by Southwest. We had a show booked in Arizona. And then we had another show that was that was in process of being booked over there in Vegas. And all these, you know, we were setting up a tour. So we had this little infrastructure set up and we were about to hop in the whip and make it happen. Um, pandemic hit and all that came to closure. So 
it gave me time to be able to focus and refocus. And I think when the time does come and everything reopens, um, it's going to be better. Like, you know, yeah, I'm trying so to too. do bigger things, you know. So hopefully we can get some some tours set up and be able to do some multi-state actions and really be able to make those moves. Um, I've I seen that work for a lot of people, being able to move around a little bit, seeing how well it worked for Matt Curve, seeing how well it worked for other people who had a little bit of the wiggle room to be able to make those things happen. So I hope that the scene will create those opportunities for artists who may not have the same backing, um, but have the same work ethic and skill and drive and seeing that come to flourish. So that unity is instilled and that unity is maintained. Absolutely. I totally agree. Where, what do you think of living in Hollywood? Are you, are you liking that area? I mean, for now, yeah. When I, when I purchase a home over the next few years, I'm, I'm going to get my first house out here. Buying a house with music money. You know what I mean? At this age and, oh, yeah. and with all this in mind, it's it's something that I couldn't have conceived five years ago. But this is a little off off question, but that's why I got to like encourage people to follow their wildest dreams yep. because I would have never conceived this, you know, even, even living in Hollywood, uh, which is just a day-to-day life for me. It's nothing big, but it's like for a lot of people, that's like I, they, they think it's foreign. Anybody could do this. You know, right. I mean, some people have kids and stuff like that is a little more challenging. But anybody could do this, you know. Yep. Don't let anybody hold you back from your dreams, especially other people's fears. Other people's fears will will put you in a box, and you'll you'll be looking back forever, and then projecting those same yep, uh, insecurities on on the future. You know what I mean? So yep. that's what I've always thought, man. I mean, I'm I'm 35, and like I don't plan on quitting, and I'm I'm stunned. Destin, like, even if it's like takes me five more years till I'm 40, like, I'm going to find a way to make this work, you know? And once I do, you know, then my 40s are going to be lit, you know? <laughs> like, that's that's the way that I look at it, man. Hey, bro, it's working, though. You know, some people get old, some people get older. Right. I'm not getting old, man. I'm just getting older. Exactly. And I'm enjoying my youth. I'm enjoying everything. And this is only the beginning. I've been yep. saying that for a long time, but this is the beginning. I mean, really, every single time I look at where I'm at, it's like, there's still so much further to go. And that's the that's the best part. You know what I mean? If I was, if I had already accomplished everything, I'd be sitting there like, where where's the fun? At the right. end of the day, people say, What's your backup plan? What backup plan? Yep. You know, this is it. And the people who made it, um, in whatever way, shape, or form people consider making it, they're not that different from us. Right. And meeting those people and connecting with people here who are perceivably larger than life to many, it really puts that into perspective. Yo, these are normal people. These are normal people who just put themselves in a position. And, you know, there's a certain amount of luck that goes into being able right. to step up to a level like that. But there's plenty of people who are not like top of the world superstar level who are still like very well off or millionaires even. And, you know, that's not, it's not as hard as people think. Yep. And, you know, define your success and get it. Absolutely. It's important to know what you, what you want too. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. I think the reason why I struggled for so long is because, because like I said, I just, I lacked that clarity. But now mm -hmm. that I have that clarity, especially now that I know where I want to get to and how I want to get there and, you know, all that stuff, now that I know my why, um, yeah. I think, I think it, when I do reach those bigger goals, those unachievable goals, I'm going to have my past to look at and just be like, damn, I worked for this. And it'll be that much sweeter for me, I feel like. And, and that that's that's what keeps me going. You know, that's what keeps me like the drive is just like is like when I when I when I get there, like all of these fucking, 
you know, the heartache, all the setbacks, everything, it's going to make sense and it's going to be worth it. And it's starting to finally make sense. Like, like the, the puzzle pieces of my life are finally like coming together, you know, in that, in that aspect. So I feel that and I relate with what you're saying. And I feel like a lot of the people watching and listening will be able to relate with that as well. So, you know, the fact that we can, we can sit here and do this, it's, it's a blessing and it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. You know, I keep on saying that, but I step, I've been stepping back a lot at this age and really looking at life and saying like, man, I'm grateful. Yep. Because I I just, I, you know, I, it's hard to imagine sometimes how, yep. how well things um, can work out when you really sit down and figure out what you, what you need to do, you know? And you have to, you have to remain grateful, man. You have to. And that's, that's the biggest key to success that you'll hear anybody that's successful say. You, you have to be mm-hmm. grateful, you know, like you have to, you have to get through life and all of your, uh, your setbacks and your hardships with gratitude and just be like, you know, I, you know, I continue to work hard. I continue to like, you know, life, life can be hard, but at the same time, it's like, there's so much to be grateful for there, you know, you got air to breathe. You got, you know, like all these things at your disposal, all these tools, yes. you know, and it, it's, um, it's beautiful. Like you said, man. And, and I, I think that's the biggest thing that people can take away from this is just is gratitude Yeah, every, every day. And I think that's that's what's important with you working with those kids, man. And I hope that you you keep that up, man. I, I hope you keep uh, reaching young minds and and helping them out. Yeah, it's an incredible opportunity. I mean, no matter where music takes me within my growth, um, you know, I'm I'm aiming for the sky, being able to push my hip hop career as far as possible. No matter where that takes me, I'm gonna stay involved with the youth here wherever I can and uh, and keep those those arms reached out so I can be able to provide any sort of connection I can, you know what I mean? Um, and that's, that's something I, I do because I wish I would have had it, you know what I mean? And, and so, so it's a privilege and it's an honor to be able to offer any sort of service like that, that I can. Absolutely. That's amazing, man. Well, man, I, I, like I said, I hope that you keep it up, man. I, I wish you nothing but success and I hope that we can figure out ways to collaborate. Like I said before. Most definitely. I look forward to connecting with you further, fam. We on uh, it. Hell yeah, man. Uh, well, take care of yourself, man. I really appreciate you giving me the time, man. Most definitely. Peace out and thanks for having me on your show, bro. Love. Peace, man.